Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will empower and inspire you. The other day I was out actually uh, bike riding, it was just a little while ago and I was out riding my bicycle. I'm a road cyclist, for those of you who don't know that about me. Uh, you know, I don the Lycra, don the Lycra. We like to call it an honesty suit, but I'm okay with that because I'm a Christian and the Bible says that one day everything that's hidden will be revealed. So I'm just, I'm just getting a head start, you know, on, on my Saturdays, I'm just getting ready for eternity, you know. Keeps me honest, keeps me honest. And I was out there cycling with a bunch of guys the other day and we found ourselves in the top of a mountain range and the cloud was literally lower than the mountain range that we were riding in. And, and we're having this awesome ride. And my friend Matt Bent, who I believe is somewhere here in the auditorium this evening, cycled on ahead of me and that's because he's way, way more stronger than I am in the saddle. And Matt then you know, got off his bike and he began to take photos of us as we were coming up over the top of a hill. And I saw it later on his Instagram feed. In fact, I have the photo here for you this evening. It's gonna pop up on the side screens. And as you can see, uh, yeah, the resolution gets really compounded as you make it that big. But as you can see, that's me on this side. And then Chris White is on the front row is next to me with the very, very bright yellow helmet. And then Andrew, and Andrew McDonald's, one of our sound engineers, we call him Thor, the thighs of thunder, was uh, the guy behind me. Uh, it's good he's behind me because when we side, ride by, side by side, it looks like a father and son ride because I'm so short and he's so tall. And, and I saw this photo on Instagram and I thought, man, that is just the coolest photo ever. So I did the whole screenshot thing and then I reposted the photo on my Instagram account. I gave credit, I gave credit, you know, where credit was due. And I arrived at, at church the next morning and Matt Bent comes walking up to me. And when he comes walking up to me, he's like, oh man, oh man, it's not fair, it's not fair. And I said, Matt, what's not fair? I've got no idea, what's not fair? And he said, well, I posted your, the photo, that was my photo, and I got 13 likes. <laughs> then you posted the same photo and it got like 179 likes. And he said, John, it's just not fair. And I began to think about that because when I started to think about what he was saying to me, I started to realise how true it was. I mean, we, we, we're, not, we're not new to the concept of like peer pressure, you know, or the awareness of whether you're popular or not. It's not like this got invented in the last, you know, couple of years, like surprise, we've now got data, you know. But, but this whole notion that now peer pressure and popularity and what people think about you is not just something that you're vaguely aware about, but now it's something that we've got stats about, something that we've got literally like account for, like somebody is out there and can literally look at their Instagram feed and say, well, listen, you got a 13 level count of people like you and you got a 179 level count of what people think about you. And when I started to think about that, I started to realise, well, guys, this is like a massive metamorphosis of the way that we think about ourselves and our world and who we are as people that has suddenly been just totally thrust upon us. It's an entirely new environment in which we grow. And I think, man, we better be really careful about this. Because if we're not careful about this strange new phenomenon that is just overtaking our world, and if we're not just intelligently thinking about our lives and who the people are that we wanna be, and who's shaping the way that we're going in life, 
And what's causing us to wanna be somebody and to go a certain direction over a different direction? Then it's pretty easy in life to start living for the applause of the crowd. To find yourself living the kind of life where what you're really concerned about is what, not what you think of you, but what other people think about you. You can start living for the applause of the crowd. Have you noticed how now everybody's taking selfies? You know what I mean? Like, I, I literally, I love data. So I love every kind of stat there is in the world. I have a mathematical brain. And you know, now we've got, everybody knows how to take a selfie. I'm gonna post this later and you can just like tag yourself in on some kind of site. I'll post it at the end of the service. But you know what, what's cool about it is that, you know, now we're, we're all learning how to take selfies of ourselves like nobody knew, you know what I mean? Like, like I'll, I'll give you a few things like lean a little bit forward. You know what I mean? If you lean a little bit forward, then your gut might be bigger when you get to my age, but it kind of gets obscured, you know? And, 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 you know and, and, and girls have learned that, you know, people like the photo at, at a certain level of likes when it's here, but if you can, if you can get the photo there, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Surprise, 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 surprise. We've learned that you get more attention the less clothing you wear. Like, wow, that's radical. This is, this is something new. And if we're not careful, we kind of end ourselves, find ourselves in this incredible place where we're just living for this, this, this thing, this, this concern of what are people gonna think about me? It's never been more in your face how your life is being analyzed by others. And if we're not careful, we end up living our lives where really we are living for this, for the applause of the crowd. And what's amazing about that is that when you start reading the Bible, you start realizing that this is not a new phenomenon. In fact, Jesus said these words in the book of Luke chapter six in verse 26, He says, what sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds for their ancestors also praised false prophets. In other words, Jesus saying, man, you and I, we gotta be super careful. Because if we're not careful, we start thinking about what's happening with the applause of the crowd. We start thinking about what people feel about us and what people say about us. And if you're not careful, you start trying to live your life to get more applause or to get more likes or to get more popular or to find more people who will be approving of who you are. And Jesus is warning us, He's saying, guys, you gotta get super careful with that stuff. Because in the same way, people have got on board with a whole lot of people that were making the wrong decisions about themselves. And we, we are launching a new series this evening and it's entitled the topic, Reflections. And it's about how we see ourselves. Because at the end of the day, the problem with our social media driven, our image conscious, our, our, our emulating of an ideal picture that's put in front of us on a glossy magazine or a storefront window or a poster that's never intended in a benign way. Whenever we see an image that's held up before us by somebody, it's always because they're trying to sell you something, right? And in the middle of all of that, if we're not super careful, we can end up living our lives exactly in line with what Jesus counseled us not to. We can start living for the applause of the crowd. 
And Jesus is saying to you and me, He's saying we need to be careful. We should not live for the applause of the crowds. We shouldn't live for the friends on Facebook. We shouldn't live for the likes on Instagram because whose praise you live for is gonna shape your life. Whose praise you live for, it's gonna shape your life. I like snowboarding. Anybody else like there like the snow? Yeah, I love it. It's absolutely of God. The Bible says, come up high and worship me. And I found that every time I come up to the top of that snow mountain, I just feel so much closer to God than I do at the bottom. And half the time my cell phone doesn't work, which is just a double brilliant. And I love it. You know, the other day I went out snowboarding, like last year and uh, the year before, and I went out with a bunch of guys from our church who don't pastor churches. And so they tend to wag a few weekends in the winter which I just think is lukewarm. <laughs> and they'll go snowboarding, you know, for the whole weekend and skip a Sunday in church. I mean, heaven forbid. It's just disgusting. So I had like this one day and it's my one day in three years. Is there any kind of snowboarders out there who like every three years you give it one day? Yeah, normally followed by a time in hospital. Like, that's me. And so like, you know, I get out there on the, on the mountain and we, we get there at the crack of dawn. We, we leave Wellington about four in the morning, get to the ski field, buy our lift passes, hire all the gear. I'm hurrying around. I get to the, the lift and my friends are all like, let's go, John. I'm like, guys, I haven't been up for three years. They said, don't worry about it. Let's just go. We will stay with you. Never believe a friend <laughs> who says they're gonna stay with you. So I got on that chairlift that day, not knowing what was at the top of it, literally it was blind faith, but not in my friends and not in Jesus. And so we got to the top of that lift and when we got up there, my friends were so hyped. I mean, they were so hyped. They're all dads now. And so like any moment we don't have children, it's just awesome. And so then they, they looked up and they said, John, look at that up there at the top of the mountain, that's powder. We have to go up there. Well, I said, I, I, guys, I haven't had a run yet. I haven't had a run yet. They said, John, don't worry about it. We'll stay with you. <laughs> so we got on the next chairlift and we went up to the top of that one. And then they're like, we're going this way. So we start going this way where the powder is supposed to be. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking, man, I should not be here. I should not be here. But there were three things in my mind. Anybody familiar with these? Number one, I don't wanna be alone, right? Because everybody else is here. Number two, I don't wanna look soft, right? Because I'm a man's man, you know, competitive. And number three, everybody else is doing it. Now, if you wanted to put a disaster package together for most of the most horrific mistakes we ever make in life, all right, I don't wanna be alone, I don't wanna look soft, and everybody else is doing it. So next thing you know, we're traversing this mountain and I'm waiting for the stillness of the powder. But what I can hear instead is and we get over to where the powder was supposed to be, but it hasn't snowed overnight. That's just a whole lot of ice over what used to be powder. So my first friend drops in, you know, off the trail and he's like, and then my next friend, and then they're all gone. And there's just, we'll wait with you, John. Liars, they're all liars. They're going to hell. No, they're not, but you know. I felt like sending them there for a day. But anyway, now it's just me at the top of the mountain and they're at the bottom going, just go for it. 
just go for it. So I drop in. I don't know what happened in the next like second. All I know is that somehow my head is going first, my whole body is lying down, and I am not slowing down, I am accelerating down the face of a mountain that I already knew there was like a bunch of rocks and a cliff that was up there because we had to go this way, but you try and go that way while your body is just slide. don't Jillian block your ears. So I grabbed the snowboard and I'm like trying to shove it into the snow and I'm thinking how on earth did I find myself here? And the answer is that I didn't wanna be alone and everybody else was doing it and I didn't wanna look soft. And I have to admit to you tonight, as much as it pains me, that I was way too concerned about the applause of the crowd. And guys, it doesn't matter what kind of disaster you find yourself in the middle of, at the end of the day, so many of the bad decisions we're ever gonna make in our lives are because we care too much about the applause of the crowd. Have you ever seen those American movies, you know, about high school or college, which is what they call university, and there's always a guy in the film called Jerry. Do you know what I'm talking about? And Jerry is the one who's on the top of the two-story house with a kid's paddling pool in front of him. Well, he's the guy standing on the bonnet of the car that's about to accelerate, and all of his friends are going, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Do you know what I mean? And you're watching the movie and you're thinking, Jerry, no, Jerry. But all of his friends are like pumping Jerry up and Jerry is that kid who just needs that approval. Do you know what I'm talking about? And Jerry will do anything to get it. And so the crowd is hyping him. Never do this, Tom. You are banned from doing this. But they'll be up there and they're like, Jerry, Jerry. And then, you know, over goes Jerry into the swimming pool. And, you know, somehow everybody always lives in the movies, right? But it's always this thing where we're trying to hype people up. I, I, I need to tell you a story about the time when I was a youth pastor and I saw a demon in church. I was literally standing in church one Sunday night in a service like this full of, you know, kind of mainly young adults. And there's a true story. I turned around and right behind me in church, I saw a demon. At least that's what I thought it was. What it actually was, was a kid from my youth group. <laughs> the kid from my youth group had been at a party the night before and somebody had said to him, we should cut your hair short. So he said, we should cut my hair short. So they cut his hair down to a number zero. You know what I'm talking about? And then they're like, you know what we should do? We should shave your head. And he's like, I should shave my head. <laughs> Jerry, 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 Sarah, Billy. <laughs> so they shaved all the hair off his head. It's a true story. And then they're like, you know what we should do now? His name was John. Do you know what we should do now, John? We should shave your eyebrows. <laughs> now listen, there is a point there is a point, there is a line where you go from like questionably that's okay to now you look like the devil. And it's when your eyebrows go. 
Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. So literally this kid from my youth group wanting everybody to like him. Living for the applause of the crowd. Shaves his eyebrows off at a party on a Saturday night, turns up the church on a Sunday night, and he looks like something out of a teenage horror movie. I mean, it was the most scariest thing. I was ready to bind the devil and cast it out until I realized what he really needed was healing and for us to pray that here back to life again. <laughs> Fortunately, it didn't work out. But at the end of the day, the problem with that kid in my youth group was that he was just living for the applause of the crowd. And friends, Jesus is saying to you and me that it doesn't matter what time or dispensation or period in history you might be living in. He's saying, guys, we've got to get super careful because if we're not careful, we get swept along with what other people want you to do, what other people are saying we should do. We end up living for the applause of the crowd. And Jesus is saying, you don't have to live your life like that. God doesn't have a plan for you and me that how well we feel about ourselves or our perception of how valuable we are get shaped by the number of likes that we've got or the number of people who call themselves our friend on Facebook. The Bible says that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother and his name is Jesus. And He loves you, my friend. And God's never gonna ask you to go along with what other people want you to do so that you can earn their popularity, that you can somehow be in with their group. God says, I want you to know who you are. I want you to find out how much I love you. And when you find God's love in your life, when you understand that you're not a nobody that should question whether people should like you, when you start to understand that you're a somebody, that God made with a unique purpose in mind, that God cares about you, that He counts the hairs on your head and you shouldn't shave them off. When He says to you that He loves you like nobody else could ever love you with a pure love, that God's never trying to exploit you or push you beyond a boundary that's harmful. God's never trying to convince you to go along with some, something that you don't wanna do. God's encouraging you to be the person that He made you to be. That sometimes you need to go against the applause of the crowd and instead decide in your life, decide in your life to live for the applause of one. See, friend, if you wanna turn your life around tonight, if you wanna change the way that you're living, then I think one of the greatest decisions you could ever make is I'm not gonna let other people decide who I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna determine my future based on what's popular, what is the status quo. I'm not gonna care whether I have to stand alone, whether you don't like me, or whether I look like I'm doing something different. I'm not living for the applause of the crowd. I'm living for the applause of one. Somebody shout one. one. I reckon God wants you to find that freedom tonight. Because at the end of the day, you know how it works for you and me is that it's all a question of reflections and perceptions. It's all a question our lives of reflections and perceptions. It's about how we get to the point where we see ourselves and where we perceive the way that other people see us. 
And that's the problem with our social media. That's the problem with living for the applause of the crowd is that you start to base the opinion you have of who you are on the way that other people feel about you. That's your reflection. And we, we can look into the mirror of our reflection, but what we're not really seeing is the us that God wants us to see. We're seeing ourselves through the filter of how other people see us. And what God wants to do for you and I, and the reason why we're starting this series tonight, and we're gonna talk about it over the next couple of weeks, is because I believe God wants you and I to uncouple ourselves from living from the applause of the crowd. And He wants you and I to discover what it is to know the applause of one. So we've got a verse that this, this whole theme, Reflections, is built around. And it's in the book of 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians in the Bible. And if you haven't got a Bible, it's gonna come up on your screen. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, and it puts it like this. Now we see, but a poor reflection, as in a mirror. But then we shall see face to face. Now we see, but a poor reflection. Why? Because the way that you see you is most significantly conditioned by the way that you feel other people see you. And we end up living our lives, if we're not careful, away from God's plan, living in a different direction. Seeing ourselves and esteeming value, worth, uniqueness and brilliance based on the perceptions other people have, how popular we think we are, how loved and favoured and liked and love-hearted and befriended and commented our current perception of reality that we choose to project to the world is, whilst we're questioning all the time, who am I? What have I got on offer? And will people still love me today? And the Bible says that that for you and me is like a poor reflection when you look in the mirror and you're not confident about what you see. But the verse goes on and it says, now we see but a poor affliction as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. In other words, there is a crowd out there and their opinion or perception can shape your reflection, but it can never show you who God made you to be. But when you come face to face with God, when you get a connection with God, and that's God's every heartbeat and every desire, is that you and I would form a relationship with Him. And I wanna to talk to you about it. When we form that connection, we're not getting our perception of how valuable we are or how significant we are based on the applause of the crowd. We're coming face to face with the One. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully even as, the last, the last part of the verse says, could you chuck it up on the screen? Even as I am fully known. Now we see but a poor affection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. What's the Bible saying? The Bible is saying that God knows you fully and completely. That God designed every day of your life before you were born that He has a plan and a purpose for you, 
that no person hearing this message tonight should ever think of themselves as a reject or a leftover or a whoopsie or a mistake. We can fall into that trap, can't we? Of like thinking about ourselves and somehow we think that we're lacking something we need in order to be special. I mean, I only have three skin colours, white, pink and fluoro pink. That's my entire palette. Oh no, just, I just been, we've just been doing a little bit of a fast in our church and I went so deathly white, I looked like a ghost and needed no makeup. Like it was horrible. This is me at the end of summer. This is literally as good as it gets. Shut up, why are you laughing at me? You're not helping me. But I'm not living for your applause, I'm living for the applause of one. All right? Yeah. This is me at full height. Do you know the most common thing people say to me when I get off the stage? Shut up. Do you know the most common thing people say to me when they get off the stage? Do you know what they say to me? Most common thing, I thought you were taller. It's really encouraging. That's just awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I thought you were fatter. I mean, what am I supposed to say to that? I don't know. I'm not sure. What's the appropriate response? Short for Jesus. I don't know. And what we tend to think about our lives is like somehow there is a bunch of angels and they're up there in heaven and they assemble people, you know? And here comes John and as I'm coming along the assembly line, a guy is handing out tan, you know? A little bit of brown for you, a little bit of brown for you, a little bit of brown for you, a little bit of brown for you. You know, your Pacific double dose, you know, like. Oh, here comes the Scotsman. And as they dive in to grab their little piece of brown, the box is empty. Sorry about that. There's another guy who's going like left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Along come you, left foot, left foot. (laughs) Sorry about that. Another guy's handing out brains, you know, like here's a brain for you, if I only had a brain, you know what I mean? And then he's like, oh, 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 there's a little one, oh, there you go. (laughs) It's not as much, but you'll be okay. Manual labour suits certain people, you know. Too far, too far, (laughs) pulling up. We tend to think like somehow that when we popped out into this planet, we're lacking something fundamental that we need, right? And then we start looking at everybody else and whether we have their applause. And your self-esteem plummets. And in our generation, self-hatred has never been higher than it's ever been before. And God just says, you're looking at a poor reflection because you're looking in a mirror. But if you would come face to face with God, you would start to realise that you are not a mistake, you are not a leftover, you are not missing anything you need for the life that God has got for you. You are brilliant, you are precious, you're not a nobody, you're a somebody. You're not a loser, you're a winner. You're not defeated, you are victorious. You're not without a purpose. You are a product of divine design and a God who loves you, created you and put you on this planet so that you could do something that only you could do. And if you reckon God's pretty awesome when He made you, could you give God a big, big clap? Come on. You're pretty awesome. 
Just turn to the person next to you and say, I'm sexy and I know it. I'm sexy and I know it. I got one more scripture for you. The band are gonna come and join me up on stage. I wanna look at the mirror. In the book of James chapter one, verse 22, this is what the Bible says. Don't merely listen to the Word. That's, that's this Bible. Don't merely listen to it. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word and does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, they will be blessed in what they do. In other words, the Bible's saying, you don't need to look to the applause of the crowd if you're gonna find out how special you are. God's already given you the way. If you would uncouple yourself from the applause of the crowd, and live for the applause of one. You would find that God has written in His Word, this is the Bible, page after page after page that can show you how special and how brilliant you are. And if you wanna change the direction of your life, then stop caring so much about how people perceive you and get yourself a new mirror. Get out of Facebook and get your face in this book. Come on. And you're gonna find not a whole lot of people telling a whole lot of crap about a whole lot of people. And yes, I did say the word crap in church. But you're gonna open up this Bible and it's gonna tell you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God loves you so much that Jesus is willing to die on a cross for you. That God made you uniquely and specially and brilliant that you are an absolutely awesome person, that God cares about you so much that literally He's gonna send His angels to guard you and protect you. That if you ever go through hell, that Jesus is gonna walk through it with you, standing beside you. If you've ever felt grief, so did Jesus. If you've ever felt alone, you need to know that God's there with you. If you ever felt like you've been rejected, you need to know that they rejected Jesus, but He has permanently accepted you. And there's nothing wrong with you. You are brilliant and you're one of God's favourites. He cares about you and He calls you by name. Come on, if you believe it, give God some praise in this place. Come on. You know, one of the coolest things for me about our church is that when I finish preaching messages, and you don't have to do it tonight, it's not, it's not, not hints, you know, but people often put up these awesome things about me. They'll post photos and they're like, John had a great message. And you know, that was awesome today, it really helped me. And they come up to me and they say all kinds of things. But there's actually only one, there's only one text I really care about. It normally comes through at about three o'clock every Sunday afternoon. The text generally says something like this. That was an awesome message, son. Thank you. And it's from my awesome dad. He lives in a Christchurch, but he watches the service on the link in our Christchurch campus. 
You know the problem with social media? You can get 300, you can get 1,000 likes. And social media rewards volume. Nobody ever made a great decision in their life ever by caring about how many people thought it was great. Never. You will never do anything great with your life if you care primarily about the number of people who like what you're doing. Never. But if you'll uncouple yourself from caring about what the masses think and decide that with your life, you're gonna live for the applause of one, that no matter whether you got a good or a bad earthly dad, you've got a heavenly Father who loves you. And every day of your life, He's smiling over you. And every day of your life, He's speaking into your ear. And every day of your life, He cares about you. And He's saying, well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. I love you. I care about you. You did great today. You're favoured today. Listen, my daughter, you're gorgeous today. And you don't need to change the angle or take away the clothing. No, you are beloved and precious, fully clothed and looking normal. God's got His favour over your life. You don't need to jump on the car. You don't need to jump out of the window. You are a son of God and God cares about you and has got a purpose for your life. If you believe God loves you, could you just give Him one big praise in this place tonight? Come on. Come on. See, man, I just got this feeling like God just wants you and I to stop caring so much about what people think about us and just to live for the applause of one. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor John Cameron. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church, check out arisechurch.com or find us on YouTube.